and welcome to another episode of Cinema Oblivio, your podcast for discussions on old movies and such. As usual, I am your host, James Eldred, and coming back and I think record time for a second episode is... Drew Mackey, hello! Hey, Drew, welcome back. Yeah, you were just here like a few months ago for Switchblade Sisters. That's the name of that movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Diamond Fight has had a quicker turnaround than my back-to-back episodes, but I could, I could, be, I could be wrong. They have, they have, yeah. They, they probably have. Um, but regardless, I'm glad you're back. And this was a movie you wanted to talk about. Uh, you just you just messed me out of the blue and you're like, hey, troll. Yeah, well, so I know you have an interest in Michael Moriarty. And um, I, I, have, I have since learned of the connection between TerrorVision, um, which I did not know existed until uh, I started reading about this movie. But um, this is a movie that I watched when I was a child. Uh, I grew up in kind of Central Coast, California, and we had um, this station that we just called the Bad Movie Channel. It was mm-hmm. KICU out of San Jose, and they just played whatever they could. So I watched a lot of bad horror movies back in the day, and I saw this as a very young child, and it terrified me. Really? Okay. <laughs> Which is weird because it basically is a children's movie. It's not that scary. Uh, no. But I, if you've never seen a scary thing before, I guess I thought this was really scary. Um, and <laughs> I had like a sick fascination with it ever since. And I have never successfully gotten anyone to watch it with me until last night when I watched it with my roommate slash podcast co-host. Uh, I was like, you know, this might be interesting. I'm going to talk about it. Maybe we can get some ideas. He did not care for it. <laughs> I and, 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 and I, I, I am realizing it is not quite as I remember it, but I do think there's some interesting things there. Yes. Uh, I want to talk about it, you know, obviously more in a second, but really quick, you know, uh, I like to mention before we get into the main movie, what other films I've been watching recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, have you seen anything interesting lately? Not movies. Um, no, I'm TV. Just, I'm, you really? I'm shocked. Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> because of my podcast. I'm so TV focused. Um, so I only have TV that I can discuss. Is that allowed? Yes, please go ahead. Uh, we roommate co-host and I recently watched Bad Sisters on Apple Plus. Is this a thing you know about? No one. Is it new? New-ish. I don't know when it actually aired for the first time. It's an Irish production that has been picked up by Apple Plus. And in America, it's on Apple Plus. I don't know where it is in other countries. But uh, it's very good. And also, it's okay. like a eight-episode miniseries with a beginning and an end. And I don't think it's coming back. And I'm like, love that. I love that I don't have to commit outside of eight episodes. And it was mm-hmm. a tight story about um, sisters who murder people. And it was really good. Oh, cool. Yeah, I don't know much about new TV. Uh because I'm in Japan and it's kind of hard. I, I have a VPN so I can get it if I want to, but like Ooh. I just don't. I like movies so much mm-hmm. that for me, TV is like a, um, a something that stops me from watching more movies. So like, <laughs> uh, like whenever whenever there's a new TV series, I'm like, I want to finish this as soon as possible so we can watch more movies. Um, the only TV show I'm currently watching is I'm still going through Benson. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, man, the last two seasons of Benson are. If again, if you ever need uh, another series of weirdest episode ever, like all, there's so many. They go to Hong Kong and Clayton is kidnapped by a fashion fashion fashionista. Um, oh, they go to Las Vegas and Benson is hypnotized and starts singing songs on stage that are written by his real life son. Um, oh, there's a UFO episode. There's an episode with a CIA doppelganger. It's a it gets it is a very much a clear example of this show ran out of ideas. Let's go back to UFO episode for a second. Uh, okay. How how weird is that one? It's there's no aliens. 
Um, but it is not ambiguous. It, they are aliens because uh, the governor sees a UFO, and then Clayton, uh, not Clayton, uh, Benson vanishes literally, like like out of thin air, and then comes back and has no, no memory of that happening. But then later on, he glows. All right, you've convinced me. Um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna put up this option right now. If you would like to discuss Benson in general and this weird episode in particular, uh, you are welcome to come on my podcast whenever you feel like it. I would love to. Yes. Okay. I, okay. You're not, I'm not just saying this because you're my current. You're, you're, you're on my episode right now, but you probably have one of my like sleep favorite podcasts now. Oh, thank um, you. Um, and, yeah, I, I, that's really nice of you to say. And I didn't listen to it for long. I listened to it like. like Bits and pieces throughout the you know past couple of years, but then when when the last time you were on Retronauts, I was like, I said listen to that show more. Hey, soap, and then I fell into it. And to be honest, I don't know what it says about me, but I like your your um spinoff podcasts even like more than the main one, mm-hmm. like the Backdoor Pilots and the Weird episode. I don't know why. I just I I think I'm really interested in like especially Backdoor Pilots, like kind of like failed media. Yeah, That's a I think huge interest for me. Yeah, so that's, that's yeah, that's a big pull for us, and also just like sort of like TV history and like the business of how they go about trying to make a successful new show built off another one. Uh, I really like getting into that stuff, and we don't get as much into that stuff with uh, gayest episode ever because it's no. kind of bigger shows most of the time. Off topic too, so yeah, but like yeah. finding out stuff like oh yeah, Molly Ringwald was on Facts of Life. It's so weird, and she sucks. She like hadn't learned. She was yet. terrible. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> or that there was a. I had no idea about the Mona backdoor pilot. Uh, it, like from who, from think, who's the boss? I think we collectively just pushed it out of our brains because yeah. like we did, that that sh- that should not have been. Yes, and I love Kathleen Hellman. Like I love I her. I do too. I'm sorry she didn't get her own show. Like after who's the boss ended or something, but um, they did her no justice with a, a very silly backdoor pilot about a hotel. She so did go to coach for a while. She was in coach. Um, yes. Yeah, I think that's where she bounced. And yeah. she was like uh, opening credits cast on coach. Yes. And she also directed Benson. I love that. I yes, love that. Like a... they, they stayed buddies. Yes. Um, yeah. But I haven't watched much TV better than Benson. Uh, the two movies I want to shout out really quick. I saw two great old movies. Uh, I saw um Michael Caine movie called Gambit from 1966 what happened was my boyfriend and i watched jaws 4 <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's a bad michael Caine movie so we just watched is. a good one and gambit is from 1966 has michael Caine, um shirley mclean and herbert lom and michael Caine plays a con man who's trying to steal a statue with the help of Shirley mclean and it's one of those movies where the the, the less you know going in the better so okay. I don't want to say too much about it, but it has one of the best like narrative devices I've ever seen in a film in my entire life. Uh, really? Like, oh, wait, wait, a what, great... what, what year a... is this ish? 1966. Oh, that's a good year. That's a very good year for Shirley MacLaine and Michael Caine. Yes, it is. And they're both gorgeous. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it has some problematic stuff like Herbert Lom's playing somebody who of somewhat Middle Eastern descent. Um, yeah. And so there's a little bit of that, but it's a fake country at least. So... And there's no p- politics involved with it. I'm not saying if that's the kind of thing that upsets you, I understand it. But like, it's not a it's it's this it's lazy casting. It's not so much racist casting, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, that that is that is a very real and important distinction to make. Yes, it's not. There's no caricatures of of people of that uh, area, and there are some people in the cast who are of that descent. So it is a, a bit of a mixed one now. But it's a great movie. I really recommend it. And then another fantastic movie I saw was The Bullet Train, not the Brad Pitt movie, 
um, the nineteen seventy five Japanese disaster movie, which is now stop if you heard this plot before, Drew. There's a, a public transit system that once it goes over a certain speed, a bomb is set, and then if it goes below a certain speed, the bomb goes off. This is it's, it's ringing a bell. <laughs> yeah, the people who made Speed saw this movie. Um, it is from 1975. It has Sonny Chiba in a small role. Mm. And if you watched any Japanese films from the 70s, somebody you know is in this movie. Right. It, like, it has a Takahura Ken, uh, who was in Black Rain for Book of Kurt Russell. It has, uh, it's just, I could click on any name and find people. Like, a tons of tons of character actors. And it's, it's, much, it's not like Speed. It's much more like Air, Airport. Mm-hmm. It's an ensemble piece that covers every aspect of it. And it's very interesting, very well made. A lot of times when I recommend an old Japanese movie, I have to give it caveats like, yeah, it's good, but there's an extended part of two comedians making fart jokes. because, Or it's really beautiful, but it has all the rape. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There's nothing. No, no caveats. No, you don't have to know anything about Japanese culture, although it helps. It's mm-hmm. just you can just go in blind and watch it, and it's a fantastic disaster movie. Um, that sounds very exciting. I do love a disaster movie, and you're making me realize something. Like, have I ever seen a non-American disaster movie? And I can't think of any. And like, surely that must be a pretty universal genre. But I just have never seen one before. Yeah, it. Yeah, and it's um, it's a it's a unique take on it too because it's very Japanese, and like you know, a lot of it is men, you know, uh, office workers solving a problem. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and the movie is very strange. It's, the movie's take on cops is very strange because, like, I don't know if it's intended to be this way, but the cops suck, and like, they don't give a fuck about saving the people. They just want to catch the bad guys, and so I, I, it 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 goes to the responsibility of the train staff to save everyone, and so it's kind of like office workers saves the day. Um, uh, but it's a it's a great movie, super tense. Um. And it has it has the scene where there's a hysterical lady and someone slaps her. Oh, good. And oh, thank God. the guy slaps her so hard. <laughs> yes. She's pregnant and she goes into labor. <laughs> he slaps the baby out of her. Like, um, ridiculous. But yeah, what was a great movie. So I recommend them both. Unequivocally fantastic. Amazing movies. Moving on to a good movie, uh, Troll. Now, <laughs> you you gave your backstory. So how old were you when you saw Troll the first time, you think? Like eight. eight. Like, yep. Mm-hmm. N- never like seen anything remotely actually scary on TV before and like kept changing the channel t- to cartoons and then would go back to it when I was like, no, I want to find out what happens. So <laughs> I really actually was only filling in a lot of blanks with this watching I had last night. I... I I probably saw this around the time it came out. So I was probably seven or nine, seven or eight, and my dad my dad bought it home from the video store. Um, I don't know why he picked Troll for me, uh, but I loved it when I was a kid. Like it did not scare me at all. Right, and I was a a, a chicken shit kid. 
I couldn't watch slasher films. Like I would be the kind of person who would have a sla- there'd be a slasher film on like a Jason movie on TNT, and I would watch it for a minute and turn like like what you just did, mm-hmm. like watch it then turn away, watch it turn away. But uh, Troll, I just I loved fantasy stuff as a kid, so mm-hmm. I guess it just appealed to me that way. And I ever visited it throughout my life, and I just think it's a charming movie <laughs> that's really well made and just kind of goofy and fun. It is considered a horror movie by some standards, right? I'm not crazy, right? I mean, it's an empire picture, and uh-huh. they made horror films. So, right. yes. I mean, and it has people, like, turning into, like, p- people die and or transform into monsters. And uh, it's a lighthearted horror film. I mean, you, have you seen Terrorvision now that you know of it? Yeah, I watched Terrorvision because of your podcast. Because well, I you. think that was either before or after my episode. And... I've been working my way through your archives and I was Aww. like, oh, I, I actually, I had a very clear memory of like um, a coworker one morning be like, I watched the weirdest movie this weekend and turned out she was talking <laughs> about television. So I was like, I need, I, I, I've, I've got to watch that. And that did impress. It was about as weird as I imagined it was going to be, which was good. You didn't oversell it at all. Um, and then <laughs> Thank I, you. literally until like I'd start doing research, like on a Friday or something. Um, I had no idea there was any sort of formal connection between television and this. It, it makes sense that these, yes. these two things are like sister productions. Yes. They, they were filmed back to back in the same studio mm-hmm. and same, the direct, the uh, director of this movie, John Carl, Buckler, Brookler, I don't know how to say his last name. He did special effects on Terrorvision. So I mentioned him in the last episode, in the, in the Terrorvision episode quite a bit. A lot of mm-hmm. the people who worked behind the scenes on this worked on Terrorvision. So we're not going to go over like a lot of their history because I already did. <laughs> um, yeah. And like I mentioned, this is, this is a, an Empire Pixar, so it's a band production. That means Albert and Charles Band with their brother, Richard Band, doing the music. I mentioned them last time. They did all kinds of great crap in the 70s and 80s and then have been done bad crap since, in my opinion. Um, so does this mean so I was trying to find the credits for this and I did not see it but does this mean that the same person who composed the theme song to Terrorvision also composed the theme song to this movie he definitely I know he didn't compose the theme song that's by a band okay the the I forgot the name of the band but he Mm -hmm. composed he did the music for the movie yes Um, okay Richard Band is the go-to guy for all of his brother's movies Richard Band has composed over a hundred movies makes sense and most of them are bad, but because um, like the band brothers, they went on to do like they did full. So after Empire Pictures folded, I covered this in the Trevor's episode. They went on to do full moon features, mm-hmm. and I don't like full moon features. Mm-hmm. Um, they make bad, bad movies. Uh, Empire Pictures made stuff like this, a Terrorvision, Zone Troopers, which I just I just saw last month. That movie is fantastic. Dolls, which is a great movie too. Ghost Warrior, which is time traveling samurai, this good shit. So, what happened? What caused the like drop in quality and a focus away from the sort of cheese they were putting out in the eighties? I don't know for sure, and I like they have a following, so I'm sure someone out there could tell me. Um, mm-hmm. My suspicion is so Empire Pixels went bankrupt in the early nineties. I think they were a victim of their own success, kind of like Canon. They just made mm-hmm. too many movies, and then got into debt. Um, so then Full Moon Features came out. By the time Full Moon Features was a thing, straight to video was a market, not theatrical. And I think the standards are lower. The budget went down and they focused more on like TNA and gore. And just they also they Puppet, Puppet Master got huge. And yeah. so they just started churning those out like nothing. And so I now they make. Yeah, go ahead. 
I, I, I am someone who just cannot get into the Puppet Master movies, even though those were things that kids my age used to like a lot. And they're like, no, you have to watch this movie. When I finally did, it was like, this is gross and dumb. I don't like it. If you want to see a good version of that, watch Dolls. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, doll, have you seen Dolls? I had I watched Dolls. Um, I accidentally knocked a hole in my wall and had to fix it. So that was the movie I watched while I was fixing the hole in my wall. And I was like, this is actually really good. Uh, this <laughs> yeah. is this 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 has a, a a quality level I was not expecting because most um, doll movies are actually not great. But this one, most doll movies that aren't Chucky are not great, and this one was pretty good. And it's kind of also also like Troll, kind of a fairy tale, and yeah. also like Troll. It's like eighty minutes long. Um, that yeah, that's that's extra nice. Yeah, like most of the good Empire Pictures movies are under ninety minutes long. Yeah, uh, Dungeon Master, Reanimator well, is longer. Dungeon Master, Zone Troopers, Troll, This, Dolls, Terrorvision—they're all super short. Like get in, get out, you're good. And I always appreciate that in a good in a in a in a B movie, um, especially now. Especially the yes, oh God, yeah. you know, like I loved the new Indiana Jones more than most people. Like I, I it's a five star movie for me, but it was twenty minutes too long. It was, like, it like, was too long. Yeah. Like every movie. Uh, yeah. But anyway, th- so yeah, same same production team, same director, uh, different director, but he worked on Terrorism. Uh, writer is different. A guy named Ed Naha, who mm-hmm. hasn't done a ton of stuff, but he did write Dolls uh, and <laughs> um, Chud 2. <laughs> so, you know, Chud 2. Mm-hmm. Um I would say his biggest credit is probably um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> Which is a wild one. So this is something I stumbled on um, maybe last year, roommate co-host. I was Glenn. His name is Glenn. Let's call him Glenn. Glenn yes, and I were watching. I made him watch Society, which he had never seen. I still have watch Society. Um, you should definitely watch oh, I, Society. I know about uh, it. I know, I, know okay. the, I know the famous shot, too. Um, okay. Yeah. 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 So, um, the, that was like the key art for, I don't know what streaming service we watched it on, but like you, if you don't know what the movie's about and then they show you <laughs> a version of that scene for the key art, you're like, well, I think, you know, several things about this movie now, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> yes. so that was a bad call on like, I think it was Amazon prime, but, uh, we watched that. And then I was like, I need to know everything about this weird movie. And then found out that, uh, is it Charles Usna, Brian Usna? Who's the director on that? Um, uh, I think it's Brian Usna. Um, yeah, Brian Usna. That, that's definitely it's him. a Usna. Uh, yeah, he also co-wrote "Honey, I Shrunk the Kids." So "Honey, I Shrunk the Kids" has this like genealogy that goes back to like schlocky sci-fi horror, which I love Weird. because like you can kind of feel it in there. Like this is like a kids' B sci-fi movie essentially, and just done very well as near as I remember because I loved that movie when I was a kid, and yeah. um, I just love that like these guys were putting all their uh, um, horror impulses on hold for a second to make this movie for Disney. Yeah, and yeah, and it's. Um, I also think it's funny that Ed Naha also wrote Dollman. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know Dollman. What's Dollman? Dollman's about a tiny little doll-sized cop. Oh, so maybe he has one of the. Maybe he has like a like a thing for that. I don't know. I'm not judging. Oh. I'm not king shaming. Um, a, 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 a living doll fetish, like a, a tiny person fetish. fetish. Yeah, tiny person fetish or giantess yeah. fetish. Um, yeah. like whoever made the fairies in Zelda, the new Zelda games, like mm-hmm. they like giantesses. Um, but anyway, yeah, you know, good for him to take, you, you know, you, you put that somewhere creative, and make money off of it. Um, so you bring, you bring up Zelda and I just want to point out like many of the monsters in this movie we're talking about reminded me of like what <laughs> 
a low grade version of something you'd kill in Zelda would look like. They all kind of look like Zelda goblins. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they they do. Yeah, they have a, a goblin aesthetic more than troll. I, I don't know. You know, like there's no there's no canon troll. Like the no. troll can be whatever you want. Yeah. Um, I guess so. And so can a goblin. But these are kind of like halfway in between. They, they they do look like villains in even the new Zelda games. Yeah, like the ones you kill early on. The uh, the I forgot what they call them in Zelda. I've been playing a lot of Zelda, but I forget the names of the, of the bad guys. Bacoblins? Or like Bacoblins, the new ones? Yes, Bacoblins, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. I like yeah. the ones in, in that game that are like the bad guy, like the monsters from the, from like, there are monsters in the new Zelda that tell me someone from Zelda watched The Descent. <laughs> oh, interesting. Feels cave monsters, but anyway, uh, that's off topic. But yeah, um, he's the only person who's from this who's not, who did not work on terrorism. Or I can tell. Everybody else worked on terrorism. Uh, so that's why I think they have they share a lot of commonalities in in style and tone. Another another connection with this film, what I read, I couldn't, I don't know for sure, but I, I think that true. I think it's true. This movie shares the shares the same set as Klaus Kinski's Crawl Space. Have you seen that? As I've not, I have seen that, but I over a decade ago, um, and I don't recall much about it. <laughs> So it didn't stick with me. It's from 1986, so same year, so it makes sense. Um, that's a different production company. No, that, that, that's Empire Pictures, so that, that that makes sense. That probably is the same set. Um, you know, make that money, keep that money. Uh, Klaus Kinski's weird. F- famously, yes. Famously, and he's a disgusting human being, so there's that. But um, there are good Klaus Kinski films. I don't think Crawl Space is one of them. I'm going to say Trolls better. I haven't seen Call Space in over 10 years. Trolls better. Um, but yeah, not many. Oh, also behind the scenes, though, I want to I want to point out is this the effects crew of this film. Uh, pretty much a lot of the people who worked on it went on to do bigger stuff. And but the biggest of them is Howard Berger. He works on Walking Dead, which, hey, is a paycheck. I'm not going to, you know, whatever. Um, and Breaking Bad. But he won an Oscar for the Narnia for the Chronicles of Narnia. So, oh, good for him. We have Oscar caliber talent here. Oh, we also didn't mention <laughs> the name of the main character. Because it's hard to remember. They don't bring it up that many times. And I always want to call him Turok because as someone who grew up in the Nintendo 64 era, that is a name that has resonance with me. But it's not Turok. It's Torok? Torok. But I wasn't talking about Torok. I was talking about the hero. Oh. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yes. He has, he, has, he has a rather famous name, doesn't he? Yes. Uh, playing Harry Potter Jr. <laughs> Is Noah Hathaway? So let's get let's get the Harry Potter elephant out of the let's get that out of the way. You if you read about Troll, people who worked on Troll honestly believe that J.K. Rowling stole the name. I don't believe that. Okay, what you're thinking here? I think it's a coincidence because it's not that strange a name. Now I am not going to defend J.K. Rowling in any other way. <laughs> She's a garbage human being. But you don't need to make up things to hate her with. There's plenty of real reasons to hate her guts. 
That's valid. my opinion. What do you think? No. It is possible that she saw this movie because she obviously has an interest in fantasy and um, maybe saw it, didn't think very much of it and subconsciously absorbed it into her uh, twisted little fucked up brain. And when it came time <laughs> to pick a name for a character, she was like, oh, this is a good one. I think this one sounds like the name of a young man who fights monsters in a fantasy setting and picked Harry Potter. And it is something that could be traced back to uh, this movie. And it's nothing you can prove and it's nothing yeah, you can get yeah. any money out of her from but we can use it against her if we yes. combine that is forces. Fair. That yeah. is fair. I would rather not because there are better reasons to hate her. But I mean, yeah, there's better reasons to hate her. But I mean, so we'll talk about like the, the the plans for doing something more with this. But like, it would be very meaningful to me if they could use that name Harry Potter in a uh, 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 you know remake or sequel to this movie and have it be something that's just burning her up at her like castle in England that she lives in, um, just yes. because. This Harry Potter movie is um, stealing from her empire uh, of uh, um, garbage literature. There, I said you it. can make you could make yeah. Hey, you know, Troll is way less anti-Semitic than her than her books. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, well, we'll, we can, we'll talk about it at the end. There, there, there is there are. I, I, I will stretch and do a trans reading of this movie at the end. I'm, I am very curious to hear that because I, 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 you, you will blindside me. So. Okay. So <laughs> I, I worked I worked really hard on it. It's not great, but it's something. Okay, but yeah, yeah. there are there are two Harry Potter. It's kind of like that other Ghostbusters cartoon because there it was like that because there was that Ghostbusters TV show in the seventies. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's 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 a little bit similar to that. Um, but anyway, um, playing there are two Harry Potters in this film. <laughs> uh, Harry Potter Junior is Noah Hathaway, who was the kid in Neverending Story. A tray, not Bastion. Oh, I'm sorry, I forget. I get him. I haven't seen it movie in forever because I know it would kill me now if I watched it. Why would it kill you? The horse. Oh, yeah. It's really, yeah. Our, our, our text is um, very, um, yeah, that, that's really hard to watch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Um, but um, it's, I watched it not that long ago. Um, I I dug it. Um, it. It wasn't one of those things where I'm like, oh, this isn't as good as I remember. Like it, it has, it has, it has a vibe that I really enjoy. Yeah, I, has a, I mean, I'm sure I would like it, but I also have a hard time nowadays. Like, whenever I watch really, n- really optimistic, nostalgic '80s films, I just get sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, can't get away from that. Yeah, because like, I watched Last Starfighter and cried. So, um, that's what that's how my brain is right now. But he did a lot of TV. Like, he's one of those. Like, a lot of the people in his movie did a lot of TV guest spots. Like, he was on Laverne and Surly, Chips, Simon and Simon, Family Ties, Eight Is Enough, Mork and, Mork and Mindy, Super Train, which you just brought up on your show. We, not that frequent that a podcast is talking about Super Train, but yes, we did. Yes, yes, what I've always wanted to see. Um, is it interesting? Have you seen it? I I have not seen it because I mean I should just be like I want to see what the fuck this is. Yeah. Um, please, please explain to people what Super Train is because I'm sure there's people who are listening and be like I don't know what you're talking Super, about. Super Train is Love Boat on a giant train. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A giant nuclear-powered train yes. that goes cross-country in the United States on special tracks because it's so big. And it was NBC being like, America's going to love this. Let's spend a lot of money on it. And America was like, fuck you. <laughs> we are this not is gonna during that dark, that dark, the early 80s NBC, like late, like, man, like Manimal. <laughs> Manimal, um, uh, Jennifer Slept Here, like just like tossing oh God, <laughs> slop at the wall and it did not stick. And none yeah, of it stuck. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and then yeah, they got he, 
then they eventually write, oh, cheers, family ties, Cosby show. This will be what we do instead. And it worked. So, yes, it did okay for them. Yes. But Noah Hathaway is on Twitter. He has an account with zero follows. He he follows no one. He's never tweeted. He's never replied. But it is him. So good for him. He's using Twitter. He's using he's using that platform correctly. Um, I I agree. I I did some investigation because I would say his performance of Harry Potter Junior in this movie sometimes reads it's like oh he's playing this character a little gay and I was like is he I don't think he's gay I think he's I think he's straight married to a woman and enjoying a nice life out of the public eye but um do you feel that like character it's not just because the character moves to a new place and immediately makes friends with the batty old woman who lives in this building, which is something a little gay boy would do. But like Glenn and I both feel like he's playing the character kind of gay. I feel a lot of young boy actors end up coming off a little bit gay because especially if, if, if they're being stagey, okay. like yeah. if the performance yeah. is kind of stagey, because that's naturally a little, a little over the top. Yeah. So, and this movie's so over the top that it, it comes off a little bit that way. I don't read them that way. Um, I do read him. I just read him more of as kind of a chicken shit. He's that too. So, and I don't want to con- conflate the two, but I, I, I was a chicken shit gay kid, so I can't, I can do that. Um, <laughs> but the, I just read him as more of a coward and kind of shy, but I could definitely see that, especially like when you, you point out, it becomes friends with the little old, little old lady, uh, diva on the top floor of the uh, apartment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, doesn't make friends with Sonny Bono. Doesn't make friends with the military guy. He makes friends with uh, Kooky Lady. Yes, Kooky Lady. Yes, uh, but his dad is Michael Moriarty, and uh, playing Harry Potter Senior. And I've talked about Michael Moriarty on this podcast uh, at least once. I think with Q, mm-hmm. which is one of my all-time favorite movies. Go watch Q. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Moriarty is a strange actor and a horrible person. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the, these both things can be true. He's yes. also a great actor. Unfortunately, He's a great actor. Yes, yes. Like his his performance in this movie is just bonkers in a way that like I can't explain why he's making any of the decisions that he's making. But I love watching him every time he's on screen. <laughs> yeah, he reminds me a lot of the guy who played RoboCop, um, Peter Weller. Peter Weller. Peter Weller. If you watch him in films where he's not playing RoboCop, he's all over the place. Like, hmm. Like yeah. He's on like one second he'll be calm and collective, and the next he's like firing off strange lingo that was ter- definitely not in the script. Um, just going full nines, like just crazy. Um, Michael Moyarty is crazier. Yeah, without question. Yeah. Um, if you want to see, I, I I probably mentioned this before, but if you want to see his most over the top performance, watch It's Alive three. Um, Island of the Alive, <laughs> which is. That movie is beyond bananas, and he is just completely bonkers in it. Highly recommend. Um, you know what? You know what's weird is that I, I think because it came up on some episode of your show. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think you did an episode about this. I actually ended up watching the first. It's alive, and yeah. uh, I I was like cool with it. But like in my brain, that lead actor is also Michael Moriarty. So when I saw this, I was like, oh, you left out him in a life. Nope, nope. That is, he was not in that movie. I just overwrote him. I think because now I associate Michael Moriarty with you. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, he does come up not infrequently. He's, he's come up in episodes other than Q because I've been plowing through. And like you, you, you've you mentioned how he's like a kook in every possible way, um, but uh, always deserves, always delivers a memorable performance. 
that actor who you are confusing him with is John P. Ryan, uh, who is in, I just saw him recently in Best of the Best, which is a great uh, kickboxing movie with uh, Eric Roberts and oh. James. Yes, I see. I saw that movie when I was a kid. I I haven't thought about that movie in like uh, almost forty years. That movie fucking rules. Um, and it's one of those. It's one of the, it's one of those great movies that's equal parts so bad it's good and actually good. Mm-hmm. So it's I rec- I recommend that movie. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, let's move on from Michael Moriarty. He's a bad person. Do not read Michael Moriarty's views on the UN. Just don't. You won't be happy. Um, playing his wife. And Potter is Shelley Hack, mm-hmm. who I recognized immediately from Stepfather. <laughs> that is, it took me a second to place her, but I, there was, I, th- I was actually a little distracted because I thought she looked like someone else. Well, maybe she remind you of Marky Post because, no. well, she was supposed I, to be Christine Sullivan. <laughs> right. So we, we we get into this on my podcast. We've done two different Night Court episodes on Gayest Episode Ever, and we have yet to get to a Marky Post episode because it takes a lot longer for them to get Marky Post I than you think. Like a really long time. Yeah. 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 I always say that, like, I haven't listened to any Night Court ones. I can guess what episode you did, though. I am going to imagine the one with the guy in the elevator. Mm-hmm. And did you do when Dan's friend shows up trans? No, we skipped that one. Oh, and we you did, did, did you do the one with the little boy? The little girl? The little, boy, boy. the little girl is posing as a little boy because the, like, oh, my friend's back in town. It turns out they're trans now and I have feelings about it. And now it's all patched up. That gets reiterated so often that I don't want to bring another trans person on my show to talk about how hackneyed and uninteresting yeah, it point. is. And um, the one with the kid, uh, Pamela Adlon, playing a girl posing as a boy was much more interesting for us. So. Yes. I do yeah. like the one with the trans friend, though, because when uh, she punches Dan mm-hmm. and just says, he got bitchy and closes her makeup case. That, well, that's a good little good little joke. That, uh, that is, that it, they give that character a, one nice moment, and I like it. And yes. maybe one day we'll go back to it. But mm-hmm. I can see I'd why ra- you wouldn't I'd, cover it, yeah. yeah. I'd rather do a Marky Post episode. Yeah, totally. I mean, Marky Post is fantastic. Shelly Hack's also very good. Um, I do like her. So- I thought she looked like Joanne Nail, who is the star Ooh. of the previous movie I talked about. They do look a bit alike. And also the relationship she has with her daughter in this movie reminds me of Joanne Nail in The Visitor because it's like little blonde girl who is acting cuckoo. And you're like, something, something's wrong with her, obviously. And no one really seems to be too invested in this little girl. Um, and uh, that reminded me of The Visitor. It also stars Joanne Nail. So that's why I had a big Joanne Nail vibe. But yeah, yeah, you're right. I it's- could totally see that. Yeah. Um, I knew of Shelley Hack before I knew Joanne Nail because, again, the stepfather, um, mm-hmm. which I watched with my, with my dad when it came out. Um, <laughs> because it's, my dad. It's a good B thriller. I, I like the stepfather. Oh, stepfather rules. Um, yeah. I recommend on that one. She and she's really good in that. Doesn't doesn't do a lot, but that that's really a tour de force for um, what's his name, the guy who played Lock on the Lost, Terry um, O'Quinn. But yeah, also Terry Jill o- Jill Sholin is an underrated screen queen, and that's one of her stronger performances. I think. Yes, I think you're yeah. right. But Shelley Hack went on to do nonprofit work for like election uh, monitoring in Europe. Great or something good for her, you know. And she produced that movie, The Doorman. I don't know this movie. That's, oh God, who's in that? I forget their name. Um, you see, they look. don't say Ru- Ruby Rose, but. Yeah, Ruby Rose, Ruby Rose. Yeah, yeah. But I haven't seen that movie. I haven't seen it either. Yeah, I heard mixed things. Um, I do want to see Ruby Rose in an action film because they were in uh, that second, that 
third triple X film, <laughs> which was really, really good. <laughs> so I didn't know there was a third one. They, yeah, Vin came back. And I mean, hey, you can say whatever you want about that movie being stupid or dumb or whatever, but it has Donnie Yen with no shirt on for like half the movie. Okay. So, yeah, I don't care what you say about it. <laughs> I'll watch it every day of the week. <laughs> I'm a Donnie Yen fan. Um, but yeah, she's here. And then as their kid, we have Jenny Beck playing Wendy Ann Potter, a.k.a. the human and the human form of the troll. Uh, she did TV, but I saw her in V. <laughs> so you've watched the original V. Oh, I love V. I've never watched, I watched that bad ABC remake that was like, you know, Lost Era, but I've never watched any of the original. And it's sort of a blind spot in pop culture because I know it was a big deal. And I know it's something that gets referenced a lot, but uh, yeah. I would recommend the original miniseries is fantastic. And it is clearly about the Holocaust. Huh. It's, a, it's an allegory. Um, and it's very interesting to what go from V to V the final battle because a one year passed. And in that year, all the girls got big hair. <laughs> that's really funny <laughs> so and then v the final battle's okay it's much more 80s and then the v the series which lasted one season that's not so good um okay. but v with mark singer robert england um and a lot of 80s tv people that's an awesome very eerie very well-made miniseries a high, big recommend on that uh jenny beck was also apparently in episodes of matlock falcon crest tj hooker give me a break roseanne all kinds of stuff I looked up the Roseanne episode because I was curious because I've seen every episode of Roseanne and there's an episode where Roseanne teaches a home ec class and there's a shot of the class and at one table you see Sarah Gilbert, Jenny Beck, and a little up-and-comer named Leonardo DiCaprio all Fuck taking the home ec class. Fuck yeah. a doodle do. Yeah. <laughs> Is that before Growing Pains? I think it would have to be. I, it, it must have been immediately before Growing Pains, but uh, Glenn and I were surprised that there was like an overlap between Roseanne and Growing Pains. It seems like they should be mutually exclusive. Yeah, because it did. Like, because the the former is a reaction to the latter for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, that's the family, and then we get into the rest of the house. But we should mention the troll also, um, mm-hmm. do, playing a dual role as the troll and Malcolm Mallory is Phil. How do you say his last name? Any idea? Phil Fondacaro. Thank you. Um, he, I, you probably will. Hollywood cast the same little people and everything. Mm-hmm. So I recognized him. I recognized him from Willow and I'm going to get you sucker. <laughs> I don't know if that sentence has ever been spoken in English before. He's probably <laughs> the only person who could be like, you might know me from Willow and I'm going to get you sucker. <laughs> they both, both are great movies that came out in 1988 that I saw with my dad. Yep. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, he's also in Land of the Dead, which is, Okay, sure. Um, I don't, uh, what's Land of the Dead? I don't know. Land of the Dead is a, is a Romero zombie film. Um, that's the one George Romero made in the 2000s as Dennis Hopper and Donald Gozamo. Um, huh? It's good. I like it. It is, as every good Romero, George Romero zombie film, it's an allegory for something else. That one is an allegory for the war on terror. Um, I recommend it. It's, it. And it's super gory if you like zombie gore. I like zombie gore. So it's my thing. But did, did you recognize Phil from anything? Not off the top of my head. Um, maybe Sabrina the Teenage Witch, because I watched more of that than I probably should have. And it looks like he was in multiple episodes of that. Um, yeah, I, I, I probably recognize this guy less than you have. Okay. He has a, a pretty good TV career. Tales from the Dark Side, 30-something, Superboy, that TV show, uh, Quantum Leap, Murder Children, which I know you like. I'd never liked that show. 
Um, I, I don't know why. Renegade, Northern Exposure, all kinds of stuff. So, uh, made made the rounds. Also, he's been returning to Jedi because, of course, he is. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, he's retired, but good for he, interesting career. It's it's a hard for. I would imagine it's hard for little people to get varied careers in Hollywood. Um, yeah. And I do like. I think it's really cool that they gave him a real character in this movie, not just the troll. I think so too. I have some questions about the fate of this character. That Me well, too. Me yeah. too. Yeah. Yes. We thought we'd wrap up the cast really quick because, but the, but we have so many big names here. It's so hard to. Um, Peter Dickinson, the horny neighbor, is Sonny fucking Bono. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, he was like, I don't it. need you, Cher. Look, I'll have my own career. And then he was in this. Like, playing the first person to die. Yes, first person to die. And then he goes to be the mayor of Palm Springs. And then the rest yeah. is history. Um, the, and then Drew Louis Drivers is here for five minutes. We'll talk mm-hmm. about her in a minute. Uh, she was in three films this year. Hannah and her sisters. This and Soul Man. Yeah. yeah. So this is not the worst movie she was in this year, no matter what you say. She went really straight not. from this to Family Ties, to Day by Day, to Seinfeld. Yes. And it's interesting looking that, like, this is her first film ever, and she's not really been a film actor. She's mostly been a TV actress, uh, and she's been very good. TV's been very good for her. But there oh, is yeah. one credit you don't have on here. Oh, I'm sorry. That this was what the, uh, she filmed right after her and Brad Hall were no longer on Saturday Night Live. So they oh. finished on Saturday Night Live, and they're like, I think – I think this was a free vacation or a cheap vacation for like, hey, like we're going to be in this movie for five minutes. We're going to play like forest monsters or something. And then we can just be on vacation in Italy for a while. And I think I like to think they had a lovely summer. Yeah. So so I didn't know who Brad Hall was. Mm. Really? Uh, he plays William, her boyfriend. Um, he is in a lot. Of, he, he was the creator of the single guy TV show. <laughs> what IMDb told me and he's in a lot of a few movies and TV shows but do, do you know him from anything then? He was on Star Night Live with Julie Louis-Dreyfus and they've been married ever since. Oh, I, okay. Well, yeah. fuck me. I did so, not know that. So I used to be a news reporter in Santa Barbara and um, I was the news editor and sometimes I'd have to fill in for stories that I couldn't cover if uh, couldn't be covered if the reporter was doing something else and I had to go to this Montecito planning board um, open hearing on a proposed architectural thing that a lot of people in Montecito didn't like Montecito is a very wealthy area in Santa Barbara which is already a wealthy area and um, I was taking notes and being a journalist and one of the people who actually stood up to speak against this project was Julie Louis-Dreyfus she's very into her community like for someone who is like richer than god she's a very nice involved person That's and great. um she spoke very fast because it's julie Louis dreyfus and I had to be like hi i'm sorry i'm covering this for the paper and um, i didn't get everything you said and she's like where's chris why isn't he covering this i was like chris is <laughs> doing something else so i'm covering it and she's like okay here's what i said and explained everything it was very helpful and then i was like uh, she, she was she was just like, I want to make sure this all gets correct in the story. Here's my personal phone number. If you have any questions about anything about the history of this project, you can call me. This is very important that all the proper information gets out there. I stay up late. I'm happy to answer any questions you have. I was like, thank you. And Brad Hall was also standing right there. Uh, Mr. Julie Dreyfus, just kind of letting her do her thing. And uh, I didn't need to call her, but I still have her phone number, her personal phone number in my <laughs> like stuff from that office. And I'm like, I really would like, if I could think of a really good way to prank call her, I probably would, but I'd never figured one out. That'd be too tempting. I, I never yeah. got any 
Okay, I had I, I at one point had the personal phone number to be real from Cypress Hill. Oh, how'd you get that? I used to write for Mixmag, which is a, a British dance music magazine, and he was doing a collaboration with the British dubstep DJ Rusko, huh. um, who I interviewed, uh, and they wanted some quotes from Be Real, so I got to call Be Real. That was that was fun. He was high. Really, I don't. Yeah. remember him being hot. I don't. I'm trying to remember what. No, Cypress high, 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 high. He was that, high. No, that that checks out. That, that. really really quick. I called him, and then his manager answered the phone, and she said, "Can he call you back in five minutes? He's wrapping something up." And I was like, "Is it a joint?" I didn't say that, but I was I was really I I really wanted to say, "Was he wrapping a joint? Was, mm. was it a joint? It was a joint, right?" <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, um, we could. Uh, who else we have personal phone numbers with later? Um, those are the big names. We or we forgot um, two more big names. One big name and her daughter. Yeah. Um, playing Eunice Sinclair is June Lockhart, mm-hmm. who I recognized when I saw this film when I was seven because I watched the fuck out of Lassie. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yes, she is like the the TV mom, right? It like of that era. Yeah, and then again because Lost in Space, like she got to be it twice. Yes, yes, I think she's second. She's probably second to Donna Reed in probably, terms yeah. of like, or like June Cleaver, um, mm-hmm. as like classic TV moms. Uh, she has a hell of a career. She's still alive. She is ninety eight. Uh, she has worked in every decade since nineteen thirty eight. So, good for her. This is probably the only like fantasy movie in her uh, career, and I really feel like she's enjoying playing something that she wouldn't normally get to play. Like it's a fun, weird role. It's a little sexy. She's yeah. kind of got a smart mouth on her. I feel like I feel like she is digging into this in a way that like if I was ever going to remake this movie, it would all be about Una Saint Clair. Well, she did. She was not in many films. She is apparently in Chud too. <laughs> <laughs> really. <laughs> So I've never seen Chud 2 because Chud 2 has nothing to do with Chud. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Chud a lot. I think Chud's a good movie. Um, but she did not act in films between 1957 and 1982 because TV. Yeah. Right. And she came back to movies to be in Butterfly, which is an infamous film. Do you know what Butterfly is? It's the one with Pia Zadora? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen it. Me neither. I kind of want to because I know it's so bad. Um, yeah, yeah. But and then she, her, her film career. She, she, she must have got in with the bands because she's in a few band films, Empire Pictures. But mm. uh, she's not in many films. I do. She played the Secretary of State in a movie. <laughs> I, I want to live in that reality. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I trust her. I trust her with that job. Yes, in the movie where Ke- the turns, the movie where Kevin Pollak plays the President of the United States. Um, huh. move. yeah who knew uh, her last role was in the Lost in Space reboot on Netflix but that was voice only she was the robot uh, I didn't Alpha know that Com- yeah yeah so I'm I think she's retired now I, I, I mean, she's 98 years old but I love I love her I love her I love her um, and I love her daughter um, look like daughter yeah and Lockhart who plays young Eunice who also has a crazy career. Um, that um, June Lockhart's parents were actors. That so that acting family goes back to the ni- 1890s. Um, 
but Jude uh, Anne Lockhart is mostly a voice actress now, and occasionally small like roles and other stuff. But like she's on like she has, she sees the dispatch dispatch of voice on Chicago Fire, so like a hundred episodes of that show, mm-hmm. and she's been she was entangled. She was in Bolt, a lot of uh, like you know mid you know a lot of animated TV, animated movies, stuff like that. So. Kind of continuous. Season Theodore Rex. Oh, so good for her. I don't know. Uh, I think she's pretty good in this movie. Yeah. No. No. She is um, matching what her mom's doing, which is her, with the job she's supposed to do, like playing the young version of it. But um, yeah, she doesn't seem like a nepo kid who's just getting the job because she's June Lockhart's daughter. I mean, the nepo kid is June Lockhart. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so. How it works. One more person. Carrie Sandy plays Barry. Carrie Sandy was on WKRP. He's never been hotter than he is in this movie. <laughs> I have to rewatch WKRP. I just, I just got the whole series from that website that you recommended. Um, oh, I'm so glad that you are patronizing them. They do, they do such great work, and they've been really nice to work with for our stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love, I love that website. I'm always scared to name it because it's not probably not legal. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's not, but, uh, I asked him, I was like, you want me to do an ad? And he named, he said, yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'll put it okay. out there. So should we name it now? Sure. I forgot what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> Network 33. Network 33. That's it. Yes. I bought a, I got a USB stick with every episode of the Muppet show. Uh, WKRP in Cincinnati and Murder, She Wrote. That's a great collection right there. Yes. And it has every episode of Muppet Show completely uncut. So Disney oh. Plus has most of them. They don't have the Brooke Shields one for reasons. And they don't have another one where the host was a uh, a bad person. Um, wait, wait, why don't they have the Brooke Shields one? What happened to that one? I, they, they don't, no one says, no one will say why. Uh, I don't think it's anything nefarious. I, th- I think it's music, music rights or something. Uh, okay. Or likeness rights. Nothing gross or disgusting. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, the other one is because of bad reasons. Um, but. That, that he has every one of that, and I now have WKRP with the music. So because WKRP oh. can never can never re- can never be on TV again because of all the music. Because like that show has Pink Floyd in it. Yeah, yeah, they're never gonna get those rights again. So yeah. And I think now we should talk about the movie. So, great. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. And this movie's on every streaming service. Um, it's on Amazon Prime right now. It's on Tubi. It's on Pluto TV. You don't have to pay for it if you want to watch like, it. Please watch it. Just please, just like please. anyone, just watch it. I just, just watch it. it. It's, it's, it's yeah. adorable film. Uh, yeah. I love it because it's, it's, it's adorable from the start with like the cute little medieval style opening. It's like a fairy tale. Like, again, it's, it's a fairy tale. Mm hmm. And it has that cute little like fairy tale opening, and then a fade to the words, and then a fa- and then like, oh no, wait, we're in a city. <laughs> uh, kind of a cute little fake out, and like it starts right away with them moving into the new building because the movie's about a family moves into a new building and there's a troll. Um, I like the name of the moving company. 
what is it? Starving student, students mm-hmm. movers. I thought mm-hmm. that was good. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Michael Moriarty, wife. Michael Moriarty's wife immediately complains that he has three thousand records, and I'm like, yo, man, same. So, I feel you. <laughs> Just be lucky you didn't move across the fucking continent to to another continent. It's much harder. Uh, so, can you can you think of a script reason why they've written this character as like he's like a music nut? Because it kind of only comes into play for the scene where he can't hear his son because he's listening to music. And I <laughs> like watching it as an adult. I was like, oh, does the music come back? Is like the music the secret weapon against the trolls? No, it's not. Even though they they are vulnerable to sound that we see. So it's just a quirk that they gave him that like doesn't end up feeding into the actual plot, which I thought was interesting. I feel like the plot of this film, the script has some inconsistencies. Yeah. Uh, and maybe it was a, a dangling threat they left in. Mm-hmm. Or maybe Michael Moriart is like, I want to dance. <laughs> that could be that. Which I could totally believe. Um, yeah. Because he really goes to town in that scene. <laughs> so. and, and like you see, Shelly Hack is like watching him. And I think, I mean, maybe she's just a great actor. I don't know. But like part of her reaction, I think, is like, this guy's really going for it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> to calm the fuck down, dude. No. <laughs> Like, you know, I'm I'm a rock out. He's rocking out to Blue Cheers version of Summertime Blues. Yeah. Um, I, is Blue Cheers a band you recognize? Because I don't Blue know. Blue Cheers is a name I recognize there. I believe they are a, a psychedelic rock band. Uh they are the they are a level of rock band that you could that you could license the music for in an 80s film and not pay too much. Right, because Elvis cost too much. Well, yeah. Well, who did that's a Ed Cochran. I forgot who performed that song first, but um, I always liked the Who's version of that song. Um, but yeah, Blue Cheers was one of those bands that has like 8,000 people in it, you know, like 25 records. And yeah, only one right. of them is popular. <laughs> kind of like I Am Butterfly. Um, the biggest hit is Summertime Blues. <laughs> so, uh, but enough about Blue Cheer. It's not a, it's not, this is not a, a music podcast. Um, I appreciate that this film is called Troll and we see a troll in five minutes. Right, right. Yes, yes. How do we find yeah. the troll? Um, little Wendy Ann is playing with her ball, and she sucks at ball. Did you notice that? Like, she, it's like she's never <laughs> touched a ball before, and it's just like, I like this girl seems like she should have like she's old enough to be like coordinated, but she's playing with the ball as if she were a toddler. I was like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck's going on with this girl, but like <laughs> she stupidly ineptly lets the ball roll into a terrifying laundromat, and then troll is waiting for her. And we don't actually see exactly what happened. We don't find out until the end of the movie, but you see this like disgusting little troll hand reach out and um, then she's gone. And then she's back up with the ball and she's acting like a bitch. I, I, I really like you just taking this little girl to task for sucking a ball. Like she's like, she's like, like, like what? 10? Like she's old enough. It's like, like the way she like, like it's it's it just it's just like I guess she didn't have balls when she was like getting toys <laughs> as a kid. She just never touched a ball before, and she's like, is, "Am I doing it right?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah it's fine." Who's sucking a ball, Wendy? God, <laughs> fuck you! Uh, you deserve to be kidnapped and transformed into a troll. <laughs> Which I guess is what we think has happened, but uh, yeah, they they literally uh, make us wait until like the last few minutes, and then maybe like, oh, that there there she was. She was in a she was in a. Mylar box or something. Yes. Yeah. So she is she is kidnapped and taken to a fantasy world, which we don't see, and then no. the troll takes her form with while keeping his dope ass mood ring. Yeah. Um, the ring yes. is cool. I like the ring. The troll is so ugly. The yeah, troll it's is really gross. 
every time he's on screen, I want to look away because I find him so unattractive. Oh, I mean, if you find him attractive, I'd worry about you. Right. Yeah. But like, I mean, there's, there's ugly, and then there's this thing, and it's like this thing. Like, I think it's because you're seeing um, the actor who is playing him. You're seeing his real human eyes beneath, and somehow that gives it, it makes him look. I don't know. It elicits pity in me, and I, I just, ugh, yeah. Um, I mean, vomit, vomit his reaction. He's a monster. Yeah, and he looks monstrous. So, yeah. good job. Yeah, I mean, I guess he. Yeah, what, 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 what was I expecting? He's also <laughs> he, he also has the wet puppet problem. Are you are you familiar with this term, the wet puppet problem? At a club? No. What is um, what is what is what is the wet puppet There are some people, and I'm one of them, who find it revolting when a puppet that's made of some t- whatever texture or fabric used to Latex. make a puppet is um, spritzed with water so it appears moist. And that is <laughs> makes it so much grosser to me. And this thing is moist in most of the th- scenes it's in. And like some PA, their job was to go and like spritz the troll mask every time he was going to get a close up. So he looks like vaguely wet all the time. And I find this disgusting and I can't explain why. So what the moist puppet problem? Yeah. So you are yeah. not down with, you are not down with MPP? No, I'm really not. No, okay. Prop pop. Possibly because of this movie, because I don't think I would have ever experienced that before. Labyrinth. Before now. I didn't see Labyrinth until I was a teenager. Okay. So did you already yeah. know you were gay then? Because Labyrinth would have done it. My my girlfriend made me watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what um, I had to I, do. It's funny. I, I, I kind of I kind of knew something was up, but um yeah, that was that was yeah, that was one of several high school girlfriends who was very disappointed and frustrated with me. Really quick, I had a girlfriend in, in, in my early twenties. It's a long story. And um she wanted to watch Silver Goldmine. Mm. And that worked out for everybody. Anyway, um <laughs> moving on. That's a, I'll tell you, maybe I'll tell you that story off camera. Off off mic, off recording. Anyway, um so yeah, she becomes a troll, and like I love how Harry, even before she's super creepy, Harry Jr. is terrified of her. Just hates her. Well, well just, no, terrified of her. Like I got you, and he runs away. Like oh yeah. no, my ten-year-old little sister is terrifying. Yeah, I mean girls are scary, sir. But girls can be scary. I think the read against Harry Potter Jr. just being a giant chicken shit, as you've labeled him, um, I think is that he knows there's something wrong. He's like, this is not her. He can tell that like what is being presented in front of him is like a fabrication that's falling short, and that is like making the the uncanniness of that is bothering him. But like the practical read is that he's just he's just a giant wimp. A giant what? Wimp. Wimp, yes, okay. Yeah, I, I I think both could be true. Yeah, that's true. He could be he could he could be un, he could be understanding the situation and un, and handling it poorly because he's a wimp. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, the, the the you are disgusted by the troll. Mm-hmm. I am disgusted by those hamburgers. Yeah. Because they go to have hamburgers, me. yeah. She's they're like they they've got the works and she's like what is what is the works I'm like yeah what is the works like please tell me what's on this burger and then that whole scene is that also pretty disgusting there's a lot of disgust in this movie actually yeah because like they have they have these burgers they call they call them rat burgers uh, mm-hmm. and I'm as a kid I didn't watching this when they say the works I think I asked my dad what the works was and that's how I learned it. it's everything right that's the works give me the works. Um, but 
they look disgusting, and then the kid eats it like an animal, and they start running around and screaming, and it's a generally unpleasant scene. <laughs> it is unpleasant. You know, maybe the reason the hamburgers were weird is that they were filming in Italy, so they didn't have access to, like, a proper American hamburger, and they're like, like... I don't know. Maybe I've never had a hamburger in Italy. Maybe they maybe they are bad at um, nailing what uh, we love about them. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. I mean, if it, if it was in Japan, the hamburgers would be like half one giant sliced tomato. Yeah, they yeah. do that here. It's disgusting. Uh, when I go to America next in two weeks, I'm going to eat a, ha- a real hamburger. Uh, get a real hamburger. I, I salute your American experience. Yes, a real hamburger and a real pizza. And by real pizza, I mean Little Caesars. Nothing wrong with Little Caesars. Yes, five dollars. Anyway, uh, so an- another weird thing about her, like her, so she just like turns into like, um, so like immediately, Wendy Ann is acting weird, and she, it's mostly manifesting as being um, hyper indestructive. And mm-hmm. number one, my first read was like, is this movie about like what it's like to have a kid who just like all of a sudden develops severe ADHD? Because <laughs> that's sort of what it feels like until it's not that anymore. But like, I think her parents are just like, oh, she's going through some weird stuff now. But then also when she's acting weird, one of the things she screams is like, I'm Godzilla, which is weird because I'm like, how if she's the troll, the and, uh, Glenn actually pointed this out. It's like the, the troll should not know who Godzilla is. Okay. She also knows who her parents are, and she knows who her brother is. So true. I imagine she, uh, the troll, absorbed her knowledge. Okay. So maybe that maybe Wendy Ann knew who Godzilla was. She probably and would. So then, and then the troll knows who Godzilla is. Like the you know. So, or it's just lazy script writing. One of the two. I mean. It- I, I like your I like your explanation, but like that would also take care of some problems I have later on where like sometimes it's not clear if she's a hundred percent troll or like fifty fifty windy and troll together, you know? Yeah, it's a little little inconsistent, especially when Mallory shows up and we'll get there in a bit. Um I do I do this movie is a has a great example to me. No, I'm not I'm not a script writer, so if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But the fire alarm scene because the kids pull the fire alarm and everyone leaves their apartments, that serves as a very efficient way to introduce the entire cast. I agree. This is a good point. Yes. yes. So, because when they're outside, we get to meet, first we meet Sonny Bono. Uh, I like that he's a swinger and his name's Dickinson. Oh, you're, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my name is Dickinson. I want to get my dick in some. I'm sorry. Uh, but he's really open with it. It's like, look, I swing. I'm very horny. I'm a very horny man. Somehow chicks dig this. I don't know why. Um, and so your kids, are, don't let your kids cock block me, basically, mm. is what he says. And then we meet Barry, who is like, if he was alive, if he's still alive today, he is 70 years old and has a pen on Hunter Biden's laptop. Yeah. Super, super conservative, ex-military. We meet uh, Jeanette and William, you know, uh, Julius Dreyfus and um, Brad Hall, and we meet Eunice Sinclair. We meet everybody, like back to back to back to back to back. And to me, in my opinion, it doesn't doesn't seem forced. No, you're right. I like it. Yeah, yeah. and you kind of get you kind of get what each kid is about. Like, oh, this guy's right a right wing idiot. This guy is down to fuck. These two are yuppies. <laughs> he is an old lady. Yeah, I guess they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and you you immediately see that uh, Eunice Sinclair, the old lady, is does not handle bullshit lightly. She's like, "I'm if you idiots aren't gonna take care of this shit, I'll take care of it." And it just is a good job of building all the characters. I mean, yeah, I think it's a it's a, a and, and and it's a funny scene. Mm-hmm. Like he says, "Although do you own these children? No, we we don't buy we, we don't buy we rent." Uh, just little 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 peppers, little little parts of good jokes. I thought I helped kind of give the scene character. It feels like a sitcom. There's yeah, there's a, a like just not just because it's full of TV actors, but like there there, <laughs> there is sitcom energy in this show. In this movie. yeah, I have a theory. Well, not a theory. I have I have a I have a I don't know what. I would I would want to. This could be a pilot to a TV show, and in my version. <laughs> This is the pilot, but then after this, everything's normal, and it's just two to seven. Just everyone's everyone's back to normal. There is no more uh, supernatural fantasy threat. There's still a there's still a there's still a mushroom puppet. Yeah, but other than that, Noah's just like or or like maybe once a season, like uh like every, every it'd be usually be like very special episodes of like oh no Harry Harry Junior smoking, uh but he's smoking with a dragon. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I, I mean, like uh, uh, something that's subtly fantasy. It's like it's a pretty normal show, but sometimes there's like you know an ogre. It's fine. <laughs> yes, I would watch that show. Yeah, uh, it worked for Sabrina, Teenage Witch. I mean, she had some very normal problems sometimes. Yeah, sometimes yes. Uh, but anyway, we cut then. So shit pops off very quickly. Um, the first, the first one to meet Wendy as the troll is Sonny Bono. Because do you think Sonny Bono was the most expensive person outside Michael Moriarty? Oh, I mean, I'm sure he would have asked for a lot of money, but like, <laughs> I can't imagine being, this is like, you know, Sonny, this is basically a free trip to Italy. Either you can do this role or we'll, do, we'll find another person. It's fine. Um, yeah, but he, they do get rid of him very quickly. Maybe you're right. I He's with his his girl of the night who was not impressed with his sexual prowess or lack thereof, and he seems totally okay with that. Mm-hmm. I'm a lousy lay, but I got mine. Fuck you. And then he is punctured by the, the, the Wendy comes in and like, okay, if my neighbor's kids just walked into my apartment, I would immediately leave. <laughs> yes. Because that's bad optics. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he's like, you know, get, he's like, telling her to leave, telling her to leave. She turns into the troll. So he pricks him with the ring. And how would you describe what happens to Sonny Bono? So I already used the adjective vomitous to describe the appearance of the troll. This is a doubly vomitous um, sequence in which his <laughs> face begins to swell and distort. And then yeah. we keep cutting back to the troll watching. And every time we go back, it is a more disgusting green mushy looking puppet that eventually turns into like a giant pod that explodes with leafy tendrils and turns the apartment into a sort of plant kingdom. But like, I, 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 I can't even really compare it to anything. It's just disgusting to watch. I call it a penis pea pod. Okay. I mean, you can call it what you want. <laughs> you, I mean, you seem like you're really sold on this, so I'm not going to try to talk you out of it. And then little trolls or goblins or whatever erupt from it, and like the tro- I just like the troll seems really happy with his work. 
yeah, he's like, I've done good work here. All right, I'm going to head out now. This yeah. is having a good day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take off. And then uh, you get really, I think, more interesting from a script writing perspective, you get the scenes with Harry and Eunice and with Troll Wendy and Malcolm. Mm-hmm. Kind of, they each kind of meet their, their, their friend. And I like Harry's, uh, the way Harry bonds with Eunice, the, the old lady, it feels very natural. Did, you, did when you were a kid, did you, were you friends with any like elderly neighbors? I wasn't friends with anyone because I lived in the country and there was nowhere to go. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Th- this is why I'm the way I, I I am. But like, if there were an interesting old woman near me, I would have bothered her until she told me to leave. Yeah, we we had a, an interesting old lady across the street from me, and and I would go over there and just talk to her sometimes. Um, but she had like 18 grandkids. You never saw, so I think she was just happy to see me. Uh, I like that. Uh, yeah, see, it was, it was fun. But it, it, the, the dialogue there was natural. And I really like how the dialogue between Wendy and Malcolm. Yeah, you know, the, it um, doesn't seem forced at all. And Wendy's acting like Wendy, but like there's an ounce of the troll in her still. Um, it, it, it is an interesting scene. And I should say that, that the actress who's playing Wendy does a really good job balancing like the like kind of abrupt shifts she has to do with this character where like uh, it, I, I buy her interest in this guy and it seems genuine. Yeah. Because Wendy troll, Wendy thinks Malcolm's an elf Yeah, because he's a little person. He is very little. <laughs> um, yeah. He's, he's not four feet. No, he, he's, he's shorter than Wendy. Yeah. Who is like 10 years old. So uh, I like the scene because he, she, she stares at him and he kind of calls her out on it. Yeah, uh, but not in a mean way because you know she's ten. <laughs> and when and, she says like, "Are you an elf?" He's not. He doesn't tell her to fuck off. He yeah. like he has a very understanding reaction to this girl who's probably never seen anyone as small as he is before. Or turns out it's not a girl, but whatever. Kind of like when little kids tell me in Japan. It's like I get it. I'm six and a half feet tall. Mm, yeah. One time, this kid just ran up to me and pointed at me and said, "Wow." <laughs> I was like, "Fuck yeah, that's damn straight." <laughs> I should invoke R and R and or terror. That's what I'm going for at all times here. Um, And I uh, like, so this, then we get the uh, Michael Moriarty dancing to blue cheer, which I think, does this happen concurrently to Barry being killed? I think so because the sun is out and I think he's coming back to the apartment building right after she's finished off Barry. So I think the reason why he's rocking out is so he doesn't hear Barry being killed. Okay. That makes sense. Right. It's kind of stupid. I mean, because like it doesn't seem like the troll needs to fight anyone. She can just ring magic this guy into whatever she wants. But but I think the troll the troll is kind of a sadist. Mm-hmm. Kind of enjoys it. Because uh, the troll always fucks with, like, the troll fucks with Malcolm, fucks with um, uh, Barry for a little bit before she kills him. And I like how cowardly Barry becomes immediately. Like, you know, he he's a big tough gun nut, but then he's like hides on the couch and screams. Yeah, it it undercuts the the image he's putting out there. But also, I feel like if a little girl turned into a horrifying troll on me, I would be as scared. I guess you're right. Yeah, I don't. That scene, the way that scene is shot, and this might sound out of left field or gross, but it almost is shot like a sexual assault scene. No, it is. So the first time the troll sees Barry outside, the troll's like leering at him and he's 
really hot. And he's checking himself out in a reflection and the troll is checking him out. And it sort of reads like, like this troll really wants to fuck this hot military guy really badly. And yeah, that, that's, that, that is not out of left field. That, that, the, okay. It seems like this seems to be a choice for some reason. He's, he's on the couch screaming and it cuts to yeah. his face up close and it's like, <laughs> that was, that was, that was a weirdly good imitation of the troll noise. <laughs> Um, and also You're we welcome. don't see, we don't see what happened to him, which I imagine is either a budgetary thing or like maybe the special effects they shot didn't turn out well, but, um, we like get an idea, but like we don't, it's not as explicit as what we see with Sonny Bono, you know? Yeah. She's so like, I don't know. I don't know exactly what happened there. Yeah. The, where, where did that ring go? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Or yeah. maybe just, they could, they didn't want to show the exact same effect twice. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's also turned into a, a penis peapod and 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 little troll denizens are up, up from him. And then just like hang out. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're not moving because like they're not like ambulatory puppets. So they're just like these like um, waist up puppets sitting on the ground being like, yeah, we're here. Yeah, what's like, up? What's up? What's up? What's up, Turbok? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what up, fam? Uh, yeah. And then, then Wendy knocks the fuck out of Harry Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, 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 there's no reason why, like, she could kill the whole family. Yeah, but I mean, that's I her think, job. Yeah, that's, her, that's that's why she. That's because she has to take over the whole apartment in three days. I think is what Eunice says later. So, yeah. to to unleash the fairy kingdom, is it a fairy kingdom? I think that's what Eunice says. Yeah. So what's what's is funny, um, but I think he just likes toying with with the family, especially Harry Jr. Right. Early on, he must have been like, this kid's a, this kid's a chicken shit. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to emasculate him until the last possible minute. <laughs> yes. Uh, Cause he, she knocks him out and then she's like, Harry fell down and he didn't wake up. And so the dad gets all scared. And uh, so then Harry Jr. Hides in his room, went for dinner when, Troll Wendy invites Malcolm over. And that's what I think that's the funniest scene in the movie. When he's hiding from Wendy? No, when when Malcolm comes over. Oh yeah, that's great. That's it's, I like um like the script isn't perfect, but um they have a really good sense for how to play out this scene in a way that shows that like um the parents were not expecting, we're not prepared for a little person and Malcolm has dealt with this before and he's willing to make jokes, but also he's kind of calling them out. Yeah, but he's calling. I mean, once they get over the surprise, I feel like they're, they're over it. Uh, yeah. And I think he understands that too. So he's like, he's politely calling them out, but he's not offended. I don't think yeah. like, cause he understands they were completely caught off guard. Yeah. You know? And like the other people, like when, um, I always forget his name. Julia's uh, his husband. Um, when William meets Malcolm for the first time, he makes no issue. Of, doesn't bring it up at all. Mm. He's like, "Oh, you must be Malcolm. I heard about you." That's it. So yeah, the movie treats the little person with more humanity than this movie about a troll treats mm-hmm. little people with more humanity than most films do. Yeah, that's interesting. I, um, like, and also uh, we should point out that, like, in a, a lot of other versions of this movie, the little person's just in the suit the entire time, and yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. see who that person is. And we actually get acting from the this actor, like, and you see his face, and he's like, "Oh, this is this is a human doing a like 
doing a real character in addition to playing the monster, which is nice because that's something that I'm sure a lot of actors um, would have liked to get, but maybe didn't because they have to wear the mask the entire time. He's probably the the most fleshed out character in a movie. Like, yeah. In terms of backstory, and he gets that great monologue later, and he ever gets to recite, recite some old story that turns into a troll musical number. So it's the Fairy Queen, which is like, a very it's like it's like a book like it's not something that you read at like a dinner table and just recite um there's like multiple parts to it but um i don't know if the screenwriters knew that but um yeah he's reading the fair, the fairy the fairy queen i don't i i am not familiar with the fairy queen it's um um well i'll t- i'll t- tell you about it offline cuz it's very involved but it is something that was written during the first queen elizabeth's reign and it is antiquated even by those standards of the time it was written so it's a throwback even by then so everything is harkening back to an older version of england so because people have been doing that since the beginning of time and um (laughs) all the characters represent um qualities in ways that are really obvious now but i guess people liked at the time so there's like a character who represents fidelity and her name is fidessa and there's a character who um represents um like deception and her name is duessa and it gets very very confusing and i had to write an essay about this for like in college you know how like um sometimes you do a blue book essay and then you have to write an essay in class like oh god i hate that yeah so we had to write about it and i wrote an entire fucking essay about the fairy queen and it was it was a good essay and my ta when she graded it she gave me like a b plus on it and she was like good good point good point good point the entire time you've been writing about this character you were supposed to be writing about malacasta who's an evil witch who whose name means badly chase because she's not chase malacasta and um my stupid 80s child brain wrote castaspella who is a <laughs> Shira character, and I just completely stubbed one out for the other. But I like that she was like, "I mean, you're, you're losing points for that, but everything else is fine." B plus. I was like, "Fine, great, yeah." I'm sorry, that was very funny. Good job. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, I like the musical number. Does it have lyrics? Are the lyrics English? Are the lyrics gibberish? I think it's gibberish. I, I, I I'll check later. I um, <clears throat> I own the troll soundtrack. Okay, so uh, you might anybody in if uh, anybody listening's in Japan and they see a six and a half foot tall white man on the train that's kind of like rocking out in in troll pigged in English. It's me with my headphones on. Just like you never know. Um, you could be the only person in any country is doing that, but like certainly Japan. Certainly Japan is certainly the only six and a half foot tall white one. Um, yes, so I, I I I love the number and I love that it's it's kind of weird. It's like I. I guess the parents can't hear it. It's because they make no reference to it happening, but Eunice can hear it. Right. Cause she's, she's maybe not human. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's a witch. Yeah. Um, he gets that giant horn. It's like, well, fuck this shit. I'll play my horn and end this musical number. No encore. Which made me think that like the music was going to become a plot point later on because they're vulnerable to sound, but apparently not. Yeah, so there are a lot of like dangling threads here. So the, the big one for me, um, and I, I guess we're skipping a little bit, is Malcolm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mallory. Um, you see him later in the film. We're skipping over one. We'll, go, we'll, we'll, we'll cover what happens to Jeanette in a minute. But um, Malcolm, she, she comes to see Malcolm. And when, when Troll Wendy is with Malcolm, she's very kind and compassionate and considerate. Mm-hmm. And 
there's that great scene when he's offering her milk and she's looking at his apartment and says, you seem to be at peace with your place in the world. It looks nice. Like it's, and the actress sells it really well too. Like acting above her age. And then while it seems that the troll is killing people or doing malevolent things to turn them into troll monsters. She asks Mallory if he's ever wanted to be an elf. And he said yes, because when he was a kid, it's a touching scene. Like he, he's talking about when he found out he was a little person, he wished it was magic. Yeah. And also he's dying of cancer. Right. Also that. Also that, yes. And so then when she turns him into a creature, she turns him into a very tiny little elf. And says, and, welcome, brother elf. Welcome, brother elf. And I think for her, or him, or the troll, the troll sees this as a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Yes. We don't really get Malcolm's reaction to it. <laughs> no, because like the, like the puppet of him is not particularly well animated. And it's sort of, <laughs> it, it does look like him, but it looks like a weird version of him. So I'm just like, oh, like, it looks like there's something wrong with him. And so I'm like, I don't want to look at it. But like, uh, yeah, um, just kind of like pats his little bald head and puts him in a tuft of grass. And that's where his story ends. Although presumably when she turned him into an elf, he no longer has leukemia. I hope so. Yeah. Because that would suck. Yeah. I mean, well, I, we still have to talk about what happens to him at the end. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. If we even know. So, at the, But at the same time that, you know, she reveals her true form to him. Eunice reveals her true form to Harry Jr. She explains she's a witch. She's very old. She has a mushroom boy. Mm-hmm. What do you make of the mushroom? The mushroom. Uh, mushroom. Also disgusting. Also disgusting. Yeah, kind of, mm-hmm. I, kind of I, I hate. I hate. Looking, I hate kind of penile, but like infantile at the same time. And I can't, apparently, like it's the mushroom that taught her magic. So yes. I'm like, okay, did she learn from the mushroom, or was the person who taught her magic like a wizard, and he got stuck in mushroom form? I'm not clear. I think it's implied that she turned him into a mushroom. Okay. Because he kind of, t- but you don't really know why, and he seems to be okay with it. I mean, his life seems very sad. He like is like making gibberish noises, and then when someone that doesn't know about magic fantasy world comes in, she puts a lampshade on his head and just treats him like he's a lamp, even he's, though he's still making noises. He's kind of a mushroom mogwai. Yeah, he sounds like a mogwai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not as but he's, he is not Harry Mandel, and he's not as cute as a mogwai. No, no, well, nothing is. No, that's true. Very few things are mogwai cute. Uh, but we did skip over what happens to because because the, the troll is still going door to door. The next victim is Jeanette, is Jeanette, Julius Dreyfus, which is one of the stupidest fucking scenes in the goddamn movie. Really? Is it? I well because well let's be real, the two men are turned into disgusting penis pea pods. Right. Beautiful woman is made to be a naked wood nymph. Yeah, she looks basically like her regular self. He doesn't turn her into like a sexy lady troll or something. No, no. Well, that, God. Uh, but I just feel like they had a hot, they had an attractive woman. Let's get her, let's get her nakedish. Yeah, and she does, and you see her prancing around in like what essentially amounts to like a poison ivy costume. <laughs> yes. Man, imagine Julius Julius Travis as poison ivy. I would, I would, I, I would be. Poison Ivy is my favorite comics character, and I think a lot about her portrayals on screen and who might play her. And something like this costume actually could work. Um, 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, but the sea kind of turns into a wood nymph or a, an army of wood nymphs. Yeah, there's a bunch of Italian women who are playing her doubles, and she's like multiples. No. Yes, and uh, William, very, I mean, man, straight men are simple. That's always my viewpoint here of like, yeah. my girlfriend's naked, I'm going to follow her now. Yeah, so Glenn was like, he's taking this very much in stride. I'm like, he really is. He's like, all of a sudden, he's outside, he's in a forest, and he's just like, hey, Jeanette, where'd you go? I'm going to follow you. It's like, are you not really taking in everything that's happening right now, sir? This is this is a weird, this is this is weird. Did you yeah. know that? Yeah, yeah. it's like, well, you know, reality's bending, and my concept, my understanding of how the world works is being distorted, but my girlfriend's naked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And apparently DTF, so... I'll worry about those things later. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a that's a, that's a, that's a problem for twenty minutes from now. Um, yeah, but I I like the reveal of Janessa's kind of chilling, and then the camera pans over and the trolls there, and it's like the the implication of Jeanette. It's like Jeanette's like this is my new man, mm-hmm. and we never see what happens to William. No, and I I, I again I feel like um, it's probably a budgetary thing, or they yeah. tried something and didn't work. But I want to see i want to see everything just because i want to see like the worst weirdest imagination of what's going to happen to these people yes yes what what did william turn into um but then from then things just keep they move super fast we get the trolls backstory uh Eunice is like he has to do this now today gives the kid a spear to go murder a giant monster <laughs> mm-hmm. and then we get my my favorite shot in the movie is when she becomes young sinclair Oh, like it's like uh, as a kid, I remember like I think I probably gasped when I saw because I did not <gasps> think that was going to happen. Yeah, but it's 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 a nice reveal. Yes, because it had cuts. Her, her, she she faces. She turns away from the camera. There's a very short cut. She lets her hair down, and then June June Lockhart is replaced by Anne Lock, Lockhart, uh, and Eunice Sinclair is ready to fuck up some trolls. Some trolls. Finally, she's gonna she's gonna leave the apartment and kick some ass. But not I really. Have a, yeah, go ahead. I have a Eunice, I have a Eunice backstory though. So oh, okay, when she yeah. explains everything that happens, is she Torak's wife? That's yeah. I feel like I think Torak was not originally a troll. Because there's that painting yeah. that she has that, that does not look like her. It's not it's not <laughs> a good likeness of her. But I'm guessing it's supposed to be her and the man she married. But then there's like a troll in the background. Yeah. And it, it, yeah. There's a lot like as much as I like so. When I say I like the script of this movie, I like the dialogue. Yeah. I think the story is lacking. Yeah. And the reasoning for things happening. The, the A to B points are not well thought out. Um, there's a lot implied. I mean, we don't really need to know, I guess. No, but like it's like I, I think in defense of this movie, it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, this movie's garbage. I hate it. It's like, wait. What what what's going on there? Like I actually am tempted to want to make it fit together, but we don't have all the pieces. And if something's garbage, I don't care. And in this instance, I'm like, no, I really wish that I had just a little bit more to flesh out this woman's backstory. Yeah. And, and if, if there was a real troll too, maybe. Yeah. There isn't, unfortunately. Um yeah, we don't really get the whole thing and it's feel at this point it's kind of rushed. Like also Eunice is kind of sucks at her job. <laughs> Cause Yeah. She's spent the whole time, like, while she knows things are happening in the apartment, she's like, well, time to make pancakes. Um, 
Yeah, she's she's very blasé. She's like, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get around to it. It's like, didn't you just say it was seventy two hours? Like, I feel like we're on a ticking clock here, lady. No. And she's no, we're good. In her pancake defense, card. those pancakes looked amazing. They did look good. Oh. Do you remember the line she gives to Harry Jr. when he comes in and he's not feeling well and he throws up in her bathroom? Yeah. And the line she gives him is like, "Did you pop your cookies?" And I was like, "That is disgusting, June Lockhart. <laughs> like that is not how we like that is." That is such a gross turn of phrase. I don't know who told you that that was an appropriate thing to say. That is not how we say that. That is gross. Do not be gross. We toss cookies. You pop something else that has nothing to do with throwing up, hopefully. There's two separate things. Ma'am. <laughs> okay. I didn't, you thought about that more than me. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. Um, so when she finally decides to throw down, it she doesn't last that long. No. No. She turns into a tree trunk? She turns into like a gross talking tree trunk, which is different from what they do to Julia Dreyfus. So it's not like every woman gets turned into a like a traditionally beautiful form. It's like, nope, they made her an ugly thing. Well, she's his ex-wife. That's true. So I, yeah. I, I, you know, yeah. I'm not condoning it, but I understand it. Yeah. So that's up to, it's up to Harry Jr. He finds Wendy, the real Wendy, in a in like a Pyrex coffin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rescues her. And then there's a giant monster who looks kind of cheap, but kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Again, very, very um, like bad thing. I don't want to fight in a Zelda game. Like I wandered <laughs> into the wrong place and now like a Lionel is like roaring at me. Oh, and that's fuck. sort of what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. One right. Oh yeah. no, it's yeah. a red lionel. So no, um, yeah, and yeah, he can't kill it. But then the monster's going to kill Wendy, so the troll kills it. Yeah, it's very <laughs> anticlimactic. The troll's like, "Not the girl," and then just kills the monster for them, and then they leave, and the movie's over. <laughs> yeah, and like, did did any? So what happened to everybody else in the building? So all the stuff goes back to normal. There's like vines in the hallways. Yeah. At the climax, and then once the spell's broken, everything in the hallways goes back to normal. So presumably all the people are back to normal, but we don't see um I don't know if um military guy and Sonny Bono, they look like they were pretty well dead. But like <laughs> it's magic, it's Je- magic. Jeanette doesn't seem like she was like she was pretty intact, so maybe we'll see her again. And then there's poor Malcolm, and I was like, well, did he go back to having leukemia? Like, mm-hmm. did he get like a few moments of like, oh, I don't have leukemia anymore. I'm I'm not going to die of cancer. And it's like, no, you're back. Sorry. Uh, and then yeah. uh, Eunice and Claire's back and young. Yeah. And He's like, I'm just going to stay young now. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm, I'm back. So we really left in the open. And then we get this cops looking around to see what happens. One of them goes in the basement. It's still the fantasy land. The door closes movie over. Presumably, the troll is going to take his form, although I don't really know what that's going to do cop. for him. Yeah, troll cop would be great. I mean, is it better or worse? It's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> is it a racist troll? Um, yeah. What kind of, Is this a 4chan troll? Or is it a... Like, yeah, what there's, kind of, unfortunately, there's lots of racist trolls, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. unfortunately. But yeah, yeah, kind of tidy ending. Very silly movie. I, we said yeah. all this happens in 80 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. But overall, like this, I think uh, a very well-made, goofy little movie. That I agree. I, I, I there's, there's definitely something here 
um, despite our gripes about the, the script. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very it's, it's an enticing little world to hang out in. Troll 2. I've not. Me. So we're the two people who haven't seen it. We're the, we're the two people. I, I, I have no excuse for not having watched it, but I did know, I've known for a while that there was this Troll 2 and people were like, oh, it's the worst movie ever. And the one of my reasons for not wanting to watch it is that like, I like Troll 1 and it has a special place in my heart and I didn't want to, I don't know, it felt like, I don't know, I, I, I didn't want to betray this movie, I guess. But also... Um, I've been in situations where I've seen a movie where it's like, no, it's like the f- best worst movie. It's really funny. And then I'll watch it. And I'm like, this is not making me laugh. And I feel like a space alien because I don't enjoy laughing at something because I hate it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I like so bad. They're good films. On, but my track record on them is really spotty. Like I love Miami Connection. Uh-huh. Which have you seen that movie? No, I haven't. I know. I know a little bit about it. That is the the ninja drug dealing ninja motorcycle cops fight a rock band. Right. Uh, it's great. It's very authentic, and I think I like more amateurish bad movies. Like mm-hmm. I don't like Italian ones. <laughs> There's um, a lot of bad Italian movies. I mean, that director. I saw another film he made. That is that is the Troll Two director is Claudio Fragasso. He made Monster Dog, which has Alice Cooper in it. Um, go on, go on. It, no, and it's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. Okay. There is a full Alice Cooper music video in the film. Um, but other than that, it's just completely unwatchable. It's it's garbage. It's garbage. And so, like, and it's not a fun garbage. So I was never really interested to see Troll Two. Uh, mm. I have watched the documentary about Troll 2 <laughs> called called Best Worst Movie. And that's kind of interesting because the they, they, one of the cast members made it. And it, they talk about living with this legacy. Right. This came out like a few years ago? Uh, over 10 years ago. Over 10 years ago. Okay. That's not um, America. I would be more interested in watching this than I would sitting down and watching Troll 2, honestly. Yeah. So there is Troll 2 and there are two Troll 3s. <laughs> Because Italy does not okay, so American copyright law is bad. Italian copyright law is kind of bad in the other way, <laughs> where this happens. Like you know, there's a movie in Italy called Jaws Five, right? Yeah. So there's the Crawlers, um, which I believe is the is that the same director? No, that is that is another Italian director. Um, that is also called Troll Three. That is apparently terrible. I've never seen that, but I recognize the box from the video store, uh, and it was a big renter. And then there's a th- another Troll 3 called The Quest for the Mighty Sword, which is actually a sequel, I believe that is an Ator film? Uh, yeah. No, th- um, yeah, Ator. Ator is a series of movies. Italy. Not- that are all, all terrible. Um, Miles O'Keefe is in those. Um, okay. Those are bad movies too. Um, 
and then there are two movies that are sequels to Troll 2. There's Goblin 2, which is also Italian. No, I think maybe German. And then there is Under Control. Good name. Which look, then they both look terrible. I haven't seen yeah. them. So yeah. it's very disappointing to me that the Troll cinematic universe is all based off Troll 2. Because people like irony too much. Um, yeah. I did find out. So if you go to the Wikipedia, there's talk about a remake or a sequel or an animated series with Patricia Arquette or some shit. Which, do you believe that Patricia Arquette was ever actually attached to this? I, I just can't conceive of a situation where she's like, sure, I'll do that. So here's me what my, I know. Me and, my, me, and, me and my Oscar will do that. Me and my Oscar. What did, what did, what did Patricia Arquette win an Oscar for? Boyhood. Okay, I never saw that. Um, it's, don't, don't. It's not good. Okay, fine. Um, but so in 2011, I found an interview with I found a 2011 interview with Thomas Girardi, who was a lawyer and legal consultant for the people who make who owned the copyright to Troll. Who I don't know who they are. I'll get to that in a minute. Um, he said that they had. The film was delayed because there was a family problem. I don't know what that means. And he had two, quote, big-time actor guys signed on to be in the movie. Um, since then, Thomas Girardi has, one, been diagnosed with dementia, and two, indicted on fraud charges. Oh, this is Erica Girardi's husband. Erica Girardi's on Real Housewives. Yes. Okay, see, I, don't, I, I knew he was famous. Yeah, no, this is this is a big Los Angeles story. Okay, yeah, I know who this person is. I don't, yes. I don't know him. I just know of him. I figured you would because this is your wheelhouse more than me. Um, that's the last I heard of anything. Um, I what I imagine is the rights to this movie are a nightmare. So this was an Empire picture. Empire went bankrupt. MGM bought their library, and now. MGM's library is a mess. Yeah, it really um, is. Most of it is owned by Amazon, but not all of it. But just because they own the movie Troll doesn't mean they own the rights to a sequel. That's too bad. So I don't know who. Well, well, if I don't know who owns it at this point, and I don't know if they own the rights to the sequel, they might not own the rights to the name Troll. It, you know who knows. So. I imagine there's a lot of legal limbo, and then you add on top of that the Harry Potter thing, which might make right. people, might make people gun shy, right? Because Warner Warner would like sue them into infinity if they tried to say like the adventures of like the real adventures of Harry Potter Junior. Hey, and if anybody who owns the rights to troll is looking for funding, I got some money set aside. <laughs> I will I so will take your side of the fight. I like I really want this to happen though because I think it would be really awesome to make this like really kick-ass fantasy movie about Harry Potter Jr. and his continued adventures and have it be like the most trans-coded like uh thing that's ever been released by a studio and have like an evil witch who's like the evil queen of books and she's against shapeshifters and won't let people change shape anymore and her name is you know like JK Smelling and uh turn her into the evil witch who's like the big bad of like the Harry Potter thing 
thing. Um, and she's going to destroy the entire fantasy kingdom because she doesn't like what people that people are taking control of their lives in a way she doesn't approve of. It would be the best thing. Trans people would love it. People who like trans people would love it. And JK Rowling would be so angry. So angry. So, so what is your trans reading of Troll? Okay, so there are two readings, one of which I think kind of works. Neither of them are great, but um, in this movie, <laughs> well, honestly, yeah, I, I mean, um, it is possible that a trans person would come up with a better explanation than what I have. But like, basically, the troll is male. The troll takes the form of a female character who's already existing and is trying to pass themselves off as something they are not. And the brother knows something's off because you you are who you are. You can't pretend. Like you actually have to be your, your authentic self. The troll is not doing that. The troll is trying to pass off uh, themselves as being um, something that they are decidedly not. And there is like people are aware that like this something about this is amiss. And ultimately, they're a villain because they were trying to um, pre- like pass themselves off to something they are not, which is could be read as a pro-trans statement. It's like you should actually be who you really are. You shouldn't change your appearance in. Now that I'm saying this, this is coming off even worse than I actually thought, because <laughs> the anti the, the, the reason that it doesn't work, unfortunately, as a trans allegory is that it is also a movie about this male troll that's infiltrating a space that he's not supposed to be by pretending to be a woman. Yes. And that is something that a transphobe would point to as being like, that's what trans people do. It's not what they do. Yeah, and yeah. this made more sense in my head until I started speaking out loud. I, I think there is something there with the brother knows that what he's seeing is inauthentic mm-hmm. because the, 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 the troll, the troll is not being their actual self, the troll. And you have to be your actual self. Otherwise um, you're going to end, end up being, maybe we should cut this. <laughs> no, it's a, no, no, I understand what you, you're, you're trying right. to spin it in a way that sounds pro trans, but I don't think it works for the movie. It, 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 it unfortunately I, doesn't work. I, I I would love it if trans people could rally behind this movie as meaningful to them. But yeah, maybe I, I'm not pulling that together, unfortunately. No, and I, I I see the effort. And you know, as a, as a gay man, sometimes when I see a gay villain in a movie, I end up siding with them because they're awesome. Yeah, you can't. And, and and there are probably examples of that with trans villains, not in this movie, because <laughs> the troll is so disgusting. Right. So it wouldn't work that way either. Like I was, what was, what was it? Um, Cleopatra Jones. Mm-hmm. The bad guy in that movie is a psychotic lesbian drug dealer played by Sally Winters. Oh, yes. really? Yes. And I read this really long winter review on Letterboxd about how it's the movie plays into stereotypes of African-American culture being homophobic. And I, it took me like five minutes. Like what's homophobic about this movie? Oh yeah. The lesbian, but she's the best character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can't have that here. It doesn't work. No, I guess it doesn't work. Though. So I, I good, good effort, Drew. Mm. So. I, 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 yeah, I love, I love, I love a queer villain. I love when an LGBTQ character is allowed to be evil, and um, it just often sends the wrong message when there's like a, a, a lot of, a lot of like the gender identity or the sexuality is tied into their evil. I like it when that character's evil is like wholly separate from their gender identity or sexuality, if that makes sense. Well, I like it. I like it regardless if it's a really old movie and I, I can't be offended anymore. That, that helps too. That, yeah. that for newer stuff I get it. But yeah, when I watch an old movie and there's like a horrible gay, I mean, as a gay man, I, I can 
I just don't care. And I think it's funny. Uh, but we can't have that here, unfortunately. But anyway. Um, I mean, bad, de- bad depictions of uh, gay characters, gay male characters especially, do not bother me because I think I'm immune to them at this point. I'm, I'm 40. I grew. I was born in 1982. Yeah. And like, I've seen so many. And my stupid podcast focuses on some really bad ones. Like, I, you can't really offend me anymore. Yeah, I I trying to think the last time I was offended by something anti-gay in a movie or TV show. I can't like it. I'm just I'm kind of dead to it. Yeah, it's just. It's just um, yeah, that's oh, life. there was a yeah. game. There was a video game. Uh, yeah, there was a okay. We're way off topic, but I want to. I've never mentioned this before, and it's something I always forget the name of the game. There's a game called Richard. Okay. It's a single-player platform game. It came out in 2011 on the Xbox Live. It's I think it's on Steam. Okay. All the bad guys... You're a super tough, manly space trucker. All the bad guys in that game... The, the, the goons talk like queens. Like, oh, God, oh, no, oh, dear. And <laughs> I don't know what it was about it, but that, that to, to date, that, was, that is a game nobody played that came out 12 years ago, and it still pisses me the fuck off. <laughs> so sounds like, you're, sounds like you're describing a Mel Gibson movie. Yeah, yes, yes. They all talk like Mel Gibson talked in when he's pretending to be gay in Burn a Wire. Yeah, okay. Which I liked that movie when I saw it when I was a kid. I haven't seen it since. I bet it's aged poorly, uh, which is too bad because Goldie Hawn's fabulous. Um, but we are like eight degrees of off topic now. So we'll probably wrap it up. Sure. Yeah. So, Drew, thank you for coming on. I, again, I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for recommending Troll because I always like talking about Troll. So, uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, like literally, aside from Glenn, who I watched this with last night, I've not been able to talk to anyone about this movie. And you like it more than Glenn did, so uh, it's it's nice to feel um, that I'm right for thinking that there's something special about this. Well, weird little movie. My boyfriend likes it, and the friends I saw it to in Japan like it. So we 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 are legion. There are there are less than a dozen of us. You might have better friends than I have in America. I'll, 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 I'm just going to put that out there right now. Okay, then. But anyway, um, Drew, I they probably already know this, but where can people find you online? Um, I guess I'm still on Twitter. I just can't be on there anymore. The best way to find me would be to listen to my podcast, which is Gayest Episode Ever, which you can find at gayestepisodeever.com. We talk about gay episodes of classic sitcoms. And um, as you mentioned at the top of the episode, we do a lot of other stuff. Uh, we do weird episodes and we do backdoor pilots. And we're going to do um, a new bonus series in at the end of the year. Don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be cool. Um, otherwise, you can see pictures of me uh, on Instagram at kidicarus222. Like the video game. Than the number two two two, and you're also on Blue Sky. I am on Blue Sky. Thank you, um, yes. Drew G. Ma- Drew G. Mackey, M A C K I E on Blue Sky. I'm trying to use it, but people on Blue Sky, Jesus Christ. <laughs> we'll talk off 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 recording. Um, I'm on everything as Lost Turntable as usual, and I I say this every episode. But if you really want to follow me on social media, follow me on Letterboxd. I use the shit out of Letterboxd, and I love it. Um. And then Blue Sky and Twitter also. Um, but yeah, and my blog and my YouTube and never update. But anyway, I'll, I'll be back sometime, sometime. I don't know when <laughs> this episode is going up sometime in August. While it's up, I'll probably be in America and will not be able to record an episode until sometime in September. And then after that, things will get back to normal with the, with the bi-weekly schedule. So I appreciate everyone's patience. Sorry that life is getting in the way of me doing things I actually want to do. It's fucking... <sighs> anyway. 
Uh, that'll do it for this week. Drew, thanks again. Uh, we'll be back again next when sometime for another episode. Until then, take care.